Oh, how I love Jesus. One of the things that you cannot really deny is a person's testimony and relationship to Jesus Christ and their experience. There you go, that's good enough. And their experience with him. You really cannot deny that unless it's not biblical. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Now, you must understand that these people, uh, when they wrote these songs, they wrote them for a reason. They wrote them because they had a real experience with this man named Jesus, even though they have never seen him. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. It tells me of a father's smile beaming upon his child. It cheers me through this little while through desert, waste, and wild. You don't have to do it line by line. Just leave it, leave it like that. It tells me what my Father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, yields sunshine all the way. See, you have to have an experience of salvation and an experience of walking with the Lord to be able to say that. By the way, you have to be saved to say, Oh, wow, I love Jesus. Uh, because you can't say that unless you are doing what Jesus told you to do. Uh, for he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. It bids my trembling heart rejoice. It dries each rising tear. It tells me in a still small voice to trust and never fear. Jesus, the name I love so well, the name I love to hear. No saint on earth is worth can tell, no heart conceive how dear. This name shall shed its fragrance still along this thorny road, shall sweetly smooth the rugged hill that leads me up to God. 
And there with all the blood-bought throng from sin and sorrow free, I'll sing the new eternal song of Jesus' love for me. Now, if those old hymns don't move you, uh, there might be something wrong somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and uh, the standing between the living and the dead uh, prayer, devotional, memorial, prayer, uh, family, and evangelistic service. My beloved, uh, this is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House Family Devotional Reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book, Morning and Evening. This is the podcast. This is episode number 599 and if the Lord should tarry his coming and we live we will be celebrating number 600 here shortly oh how I love Jesus And if I could sing, I would sing. Haggai 1.9 reads, Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word, and it is already very convicting and very deep. Hallowed be your name tonight. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Is my sincere prayer, even though taught to us some 2,000 years ago, uh, some call it the Lord's Prayer, some call it the Disciples' Prayer. But Lord, I remember so well my blind great-grandmother Mother Bree Love teaching us to pray the Lord's Prayer down in Apalachicola, Florida and as you know she did not play and so Lord I thank you for uh, giving us 
the mind to remember your prayer that you taught us. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you on this Friday night. For as you said in your word, people are still running to and fro, buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage, like there's no tomorrow, like the second coming is not going to happen, not being even mindful of you. <clears throat> On this fast-paced Friday night with the world in turmoil, Lord, we pause and we praise you and we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years for you have brought us a mighty long way by faith for we have come this far by faith as we used to sing in the church and Holy Father God help us to continue on walking by faith in you trusting in you and believing in you thank you Lord for allowing us to hear again tonight and to uh, remember the words again of oh how I love Jesus and Lord uh, help us to remember that if we can uh, in order to sing that song we need to be obedient to you for you have said if you love me keep my commandments and Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for those of us who are saved by your grace have continued mercy and grace upon us tonight for Jesus Christ's sake please forgive us of our sins our faults and our failures as we by your grace forgive those who have sinned against us and thank you for somehow Lord saving us in such a way and giving us the divine ability to forgive others. Oftentimes without them even apologizing. That is your grace and that is your agape love and we give you the glory, praise and honor about it. And oftentimes, Lord, we uh, just forgive it and don't say anything about it and that's all you and so Holy Father God thank you for that uh, ability and Holy Father God we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ and who are saved 
from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Holy Father God, I pray that you'll help those of us who are saved by your grace to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of the lost, the irreligious and the religious and in the church. Lord, uh, whoever they may be, as I have been praying for many years, Lord, I pray that my wife, Marika White, who is here with me tonight, and uh, we have, by your grace, been married for over 34 years. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that you will help her to humble herself down and to uh, believe in you and to denounce whatever took place in her hometown as I did and as I had to do all of the things that uh, I did religiously was for naught because I was not saved baptized at the age of 12 uh, multiple Easter programs singing in the choir quoting scripture in front of the church uh, and all of that uh, I did it as a lost person. Somehow I knew I didn't have whatever you had to give. I did not know I was on my way to hell um, until December the 19th, 1979, when you sent a soul winner by to lead me to you. And my life has never been the same, as you know. And so, Holy Father God, help Marika White, uh, my wife of 30, over 34 years, to do that, even tonight. I pray, Lord, for her mother, her aunts. I pray for my mother and my sisters and everybody else in our family. I pray for thousands and millions across this country and around the globe, religious and lost and irreligious. Lord, I pray that your Holy Ghost would not give these people rest until they come to know you as Savior by believing in you. And Lord, we pray uh, for the revival of the saved. We pray for the healing of the sick according to your will. We pray, Lord, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning. And at the same time, Lord, prepare all of us for our day of mourning and pain. Lord, I think about the family that got into an accident. The whole family was killed. The whole family was wiped out. Comfort the family left behind, Lord. This is, uh, uh, for us human, feeble human beings, this is mind-boggling how this all took place. And so, Holy Father God, prepare us for our day. Lord, the only reason why we are here and still here is because of your might and your power. For we could have been gone many, many times. Uh, Lord, and uh, as you know, 
but for some reason you chose to keep us here. But our day is coming. Prepare, Lord, our family and all other Christian families that name the name of Christ. Prepare us, Lord, for good days and bad days. Prepare us, Lord, for celebrations and tragedies. Prepare us, Lord, for weddings and funerals. Prepare us, Lord, for life and death. And Holy Father God, I pray that tonight, Lord, you will help those of us who are truly saved and born again to truly understand the importance of confessing our sins, repenting of our sins, turning away from our sins, and being obedient to you. And with that, Lord, and help us to do that. Uh, and, and with that, Lord, I pray that you deliver those of us who are saved by your grace tonight. Lord, from our cares, burdens, and worries, and even feelings of guilt, anxiety, troubles, problems, and fears. Fill us with your peace that passeth all understanding, your joy unspeakable, and help us, Lord, to be fearless in this fearful world. And Holy Father God, I pray also that tonight for those of us who are under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day. By your power, we pray that you deliver each and every one of us, Lord, from all of our distresses and afflictions, cares and worries and anxieties and troubles and problems and fears, and deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests, with lessons learned, with brokenness, with humility, with a mind to depend upon you and to pray to you without ceasing, to remember the parable that you gave to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, to acknowledge you in all of our ways, to continue instant in prayer and to pray always. Lord, grant us your grace, your energy, your strength, and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray like that, to read your Holy Word, to study your Holy Word, to apply it to our lives, and to teach it to others, preach it to others, and preach your Holy Gospel. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ also. Lord, uh, I pray for my wife and everybody in my family. Uh, Lord, uh, for uh, I believe your holy word, the devil is real and the demons of hell are real. And I have seen them at work against you and against your work down through the years. And I pray tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not only for tonight, but as we go into the weekend. Uh, for I can even see now on this Friday, on this Friday, how the devil uh, is doing what he's always done for over 34 years. 
uh, starts to work on my wife, Marika White, her spirit, her attitude, her mentality. And Lord, I thank you for the liberty to be transparent about this and to talk about this now, but I've dealt with this for over 34 years. As you know, and you have helped me through it, and you've given me victory after victory after victory every day and every weekend over the devil and the demons of hell that have their way with my wife, Marika White, because I believe she has no self-control because she's not saved. And we have others who have a spirit of Judas as well in our family that uh, comes even from that spirit. And so, Holy Father God, I pray tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife, Marika White, and out of the hearts and lives of people, other people in my family who have that problem and who have a Judas spirit designed to hinder your gospel, to hinder your word. And I pray that uh, uh, you would pave the way for us and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And uh, I pray that you, you will restrain the devil working in her life throughout this weekend. And I pray that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts, as you've done many times. Uh, Lord, uh, before our services, during our services, and after our services. Please uh, place upon us the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. And uh, Holy Father God, I do pray, uh, Lord, uh, tonight, that you would deliver us also from all spiritual and mental and physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles, and difficulties that we are confronted with, uh, confronted with at all times in persecution. From the inside and from the outside, place, Lord, upon us the whole armor of God. And Holy Father God, I also pray Thank you so much for remembering mercy and love in the midst of rebuke, justified rebuke and chastisement of your church and punishment on the world for her sins in an attempt to get them to believe in you. And at the same time, I thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy and love in the midst of all of that. Uh, and I pray that you would continue to have mercy and protect millions of people from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and a utilities crisis. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight, knowing that you have all power and might in your hands, I pray, Lord, that you will protect my family tonight, all of my offspring all of our family members extended uh, who are saved and willing to confess their sins and repent especially all uh, saved brothers and sisters in Christ who name the name of Christ around the world protect us Lord from ourselves 
our flesh and the devil and from the demons of hell and from evil people in the family evil people in the church and evil people in the world and Lord uh, receive all glory praise and honor to your name lift up your holy son the Lord Jesus Christ for it is in his name we do pray tonight amen I still feel like singing. But I'm not going to commit the crime that Brother Hearn committed in the church that I pastored who felt like singing too and uh, would just mess up a song in the congregation. Now not sing a solo. We would never allow him to sing a solo other than him singing so low we can't hear him. But he would be so happy and so full of joy to sing those hymns. I mean with a huge, big old smile on his face. And I, I led him to the Lord sitting on his couch one Sunday afternoon while he was watching his favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. He paused the television for a while to hear the gospel, and he got saved, gloriously saved. His girlfriend got saved as well and, and uh, became a preacher and, and serving the Lord. It's amazing how God will do. God will put an evangelist or a gospel preacher in a certain area to lead some people to the Lord and then they go on and do even greater things for the Lord and we thank the Lord for that. Churlish souls stint their contribution contributions to the ministry and missionary operations and call such saving good economy. Little do they dream that they are thus impoverished or impoverishing themselves. Allow me to read the passage of Holy Scripture again so that you can pick up uh, exactly where we are. In Haggai chapter 1 verse 9, He looked for much, and lo, it came to little. 
And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house, that is, waste. And ye run every man unto his own house. And the church is in the midst of that passage right now. The church for over the past 40 to 50 years, pastors, preachers, have gotten into the ministry hirelings for money's sake, filthy lucre, to buy themselves a big fine house on Pork Chop Hill, pay for it cash. And, uh, nice fine car and have forsaken the house of God in the Word of God and that phrase it is laid waste he was he was talking about it being physically laid waste but there is a way that you can lay uh, the temple waste by not using it for God's glory, praise, and honor. And I would imagine for the past 40 to 50 to 60 years, most preachers, most people have not used the church of God for His glory, His praise, and His honor. And it has been laid waste while everybody runs to their big fine houses on Porkchop Hill. And uh, it is a sad, sad commentary. And what's so sad about it is people have been uh, gotten caught up in it and some never even thought they were wrong. They thought that this was what church was about and how wrong they were. Churlish souls stint their contribution their contributions. Give me, give me the uh, exact definition of that word churlish. That's an old word. Churlish. Mm. Oh, I thank God for the internet. And for being able to look up definitions quickly do not take these things that God has provided for granted people rude in a mean-spirited way say it again mean in a rude spirit in a surly way. I say the last one again. Uh huh. Rude. Ill mannered. Discourteous. Impolite. Ungracious. Unmannerly and ungrateful. Uh, that sounds like you.
That sounds just like you. Trellish. Okay. Ungrateful people. Without manners. Impolite. Uh, Ill-mannered. Mean. Not appreciative of what God has done for them. <clears throat> Selfish. Only concerned about their house. And I, I, I tell you, uh, this this phenomenon, uh, it, it makes me laugh about people in their houses. Uh, they, they walk into, on, they have several channels that deal with people in their houses or buying a house or looking at a house or remodeling a house. And is is almost almost like some of these people are having sex about the house. They walk in. Ooh, ah, ooh, this is so. It's just a kitchen. What are you people talking about? I can just imagine us sitting here and doing this. People, have you lost your minds? Is this all you have to talk about? A house is a house. And it's not a home until you're doing uh, family biblically, where there is genuine love. It's a place to sit. It's a place to uh, go to sleep. It's a place to eat. It's a place to go to the bathroom. I mean. And I just get so tickled by how people walking. Oh, look at this! Oh, this is so beautiful! Look at that! Oh, isn't it nice? Uh huh. So, people, you people are insane. You're so con. Is that is that the the height of your life to to see a house that's halfway decent? And some of these people. What they do with the houses look terrible to me. I don't know what they're thinking. But it's just a house with furniture in it. And, and, and every last one of them. Oh, I, I like this. That's a nice room right there. That's a nice. Okay, that's a good sized room right there. Oh, I don't like that room right there. Uh, and, and, and then they go, they go out into the back to a tiny little yard. Oh, this would be nice to come out here and and sit on the back porch and all of this. You people have lost your minds. I mean, seriously, it's a house. That's all. It's not sex. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ah, oh. Come on, people. Come on. This is ridiculous. See, when people don't have Jesus, they they try their best to get all excited about stuff that don't mean a doggone thing people because once you move in it in most cases the beautiful wonderful ooh ah house becomes a hell hole because both of you are phonies and hypocrites and mean and churlish hear me (laughs) seriously man people come on I mean you need to get your heart right with God get saved man and, and see because 
wherever Jesus is, if he's in your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, everything is beautiful. Everything is at peace. Everything is full of joy and happiness. It doesn't matter what kind of house you live in. That does not mean anything. If you don't have love there, true love, God's agape love and grace, and the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes all understanding is a hellhole. That's right, that's what I said. It's a hellhole, man. You're in a big, beautiful house full of hell. You'd be better off in a cottage where there's peace and love is that where peace and love is at. That's right. That's what the Bible said. We just read that the other night. I, I, I just, I'll just relax, you know, uh, I, I don't watch much TV, I, 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 I use it as a form of relaxation, and I'll just flip through the channels, and I see multiple channels, multiple shows, now they got rappers involved in it, and this, that, and the other, and none of that means anything, really, truly, once you move in. It's just like a new car. Once you move into the car, you get the car, it becomes what? Transportation. It becomes uh, a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. And you pray and hope that you can pay for it. Come on, man. Come on, people. This is ridiculous. That same house you ooh and ah ooh, I guess they do it for television. Nobody does that in real life. It's a very practical situation. It's a very practical. It's not heaven. What in the world are you people doing? It's not heaven. The house is not heaven. But they walk in like it's heaven. Ooh, ah, oh my, look at there. <laughs> Come on, people. And then you get in there, and both of you act like the devil and do the silent treatment, don't speak to each other. And then you want to split the house and divorce. Craziness. Churlish souls stint their contributions to the ministry and missionary operations and call such saving good economy. Little do they dream that they are thus impoverishing themselves. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Their excuse is that they must care for their own families. Oh, have you heard that before? Let me, let me, let me help you people. Because we got a lot of people who are all caught up with that right there. If you don't take care of God and his house and his ministry and his work first the God who gave you the family the God who gave you your starter home as they call it the God who gave you a vehicle to drive in the God who gave you the money and the health to get money uh, you better put him first and put his house first okay uh, enough of this foolishness that we've heard down through the years we've got pastors who identify themselves as I'm the husband of, I am the father of, and I am the this, that, and the other, right? you know, sweetheart, my sweet thing, and this, that, and the other. No, no, I'm the son of God, 
born again by the grace of God, by believing in Jesus Christ, God called me to preach, and uh, that's the main focus of my life. I happen to be married too, <laughs> and God has blessed me with 4.5 children. And you better put it in that order. God comes first, man. All this foolishness. You, you, you following people who uh, don't know anything. And you following them right in this foolishness. Uh, this mess. I'm the husband. That's not your first priority. Your first priority is God, son. I'm the husband of my sweet thing. I'm the father. And I don't care if you like it or not. I know many of you all have followed whatever devil who told you to do that. God comes first. Your wife better know it. And your children better know it. Okay? Because without God, you don't have the wife and you don't have the children and you will not have them for long. If you put uh, your family and your household and all of that above God and His house, that's not going to last long. <laughs> God's not going to let you do him like that. That's the problem now. You have pushed God to the periphery. You have marginalized God. God is not good at that. <laughs> being marginalized and being pushed to the uh, outer circle. God is not with that man. Now he takes a lot of your mess. And he, and he gave you space to repent. And he told you to judge yourself that to be not judged. Now many of you are dead. Taking communion unworthily, putting your wife and your children above God. Some of you people, when you take a vacation, <clears throat> like some of you are on vacation right now, listening to me, you take a vacation from God Himself. You don't even pray, you don't read the Bible, nothing. You can't. We are something else. <coughs> I wonder where that phrase came from. I learned that from my dad and my mom. He is something else. I tell you, he is something else. It's not good. I can tell you that. <laughs> he is something else. We are something else. And they forget. They're more concerned about their families. And they forget that to neglect the house of God. To neglect God. Is the sure way. To bring ruin upon their own houses and their own lives. Go ahead, Spurgeon. That's, what, that's what's happening to us right now. We in the church, generally speaking, forgot God. Neglected God. Pushed God to the periphery. Periphery. Didn't pray to God at all. Much less uh, prayed without ceasing. And prayed always. And prayed... Uh, and continue instant in prayer. We didn't do any of that. See, and we didn't even go back to Proverbs and acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. Oh, we used to quote that. You remember that verse? That was the verse you had to memorize. Acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, and He shall direct our paths. Oh, we stopped doing that. But you know why? Because most of you stopped having devotions, praying to God in the morning with your family. Uh, going out to work, both of you are going over, and I, I, I feel so sorry for these poor children. 
pardon me. We got parents can't wait to get rid of their children. They see getting getting their children ready for school like sending them off to camp so that they can have a vacation and smoke pot and get drunk and whore around. And the teachers know that's what you're doing. And then you want to come there and raise hell with them. Your glorified babysitters. See, this is the wretched system that America has set up. And I'm going to tell you again to your faces. You're in, in this environment, with what's going on in the schools today, I'm talking to saved people right now. Lost people, you don't even know what I'm talking about. You don't know what's happening. But you saved people, born again, church-going people, you are a criminal for letting your child go back into the public school system, as far as I'm concerned. You're selfish. Uh, uh, there's no way that I would put my children in this in, in this hellhole school system. Now, when they come, listen, don't get mad at me. <clears throat> when they come, when your daughter comes back with her breasts all binded up and a low-cut haircut, her name was Sandra. Now her name is Sam, as far as she's concerned. Don't come crying to me. I'm telling you. Do not put your children in these hell holes school. I've been telling you for three years. Oh, I know you want your vacation, your year-long vacation from your children. Oh, I know you want to have that glorified daycare center, and 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 uh, uh, so you can drop them off and you can go do the dirt you want to do. Talking about, I need to work at the work, so I can't have these children around me. You wait, let me tell you something about work. There's a little black dude running around on a, on a, a chair, in in a chair, telling folks, uh, you can work, but you don't have to work for somebody. Work for yourself. And let me tell you something. The job of a good wife, a good husband, a good wife, and uh, is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-days-a-week job, if you do it right. I mean, you're working. You're working for God and you're working for your family. And the little money you make can be, be made up, really, by your staying home with your children. And you won't, have, you won't be worried half to death whether or not somebody's going to come in there and shoot them. Whether or not some little homosexual man or woman is going to molest them or rape them or rape their minds because they're hell-bent on doing that. They told you that. You, uh, and they got you because you're addicted to that free daycare. So you can sit, you're behind on the couch and watch television all day. See, they, got, they, they, they know you love that, so they, they got you right where they want you. And, 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 uh, and, uh, uh, and, and they, they, are, they have stated from the president of the educators. <coughs> That they're going to homosexualize your children. They're not making any bones about that at all. They're making it very clear. That's what they're trying to do. I mean, right now there's a curriculum. They have a curriculum that's going to spread throughout the country. Asking questions like this. How do homosexuals have sex? 
What does sperm taste like? They called it semen. That's what they're going to teach your children in school. And you want to risk your child's mind with this young mind. They, they start this from the almost the cradle to uh, 12th grade. They, they're teaching them uh, how to transition from a boy to a girl, a girl to a boy. And the wonderful child that you birthed into this world. And, and listen to me. And you know, you know the, the, the thing that they do? These people are hell-bent on destroying your authority over your children. And destroying your relationship with your children. And then if they are of age... They, they are considered adults. They are trying to disconnect your children from you. They are hell bent on doing that. Teachers, Black Lives Matters. It is a demonic philosophy. They have been trying to bring it forth for years and, and, and they are trying to eliminate the church and the family all together because they see the church and the family as hindering them from doing the evil they want to do. So as far as I'm concerned, if you name the name of Christ, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you are a criminal, a selfish criminal, if you're getting all gung-ho to put your children back into these hellhole schools. Quit the, quit the job mommy stay home with your own children and homeschool your children they have all kinds of curriculum there's a free curriculum out there that you can use if that's what you want to use but I would recommend Abeka ACE and Christian uh, companies like that like I've told you before anyway our God has a method in providence by which he can succeed our endeavors. Spurgeon, where you at? Go ahead, Doc. Let me, let me share that with you again, because that's what's happening today. I had to explain to the world, why is it that in Africa, the monkeypox was like the chickenpox? And uh, it went to everybody, not, not straight to the homosexual community. I had to explain to the WHO, the World Health Organization, and others who don't believe in God and don't uh, uh, recognize God, that God has the power and might to do whatever he wants to do. God can take an, exist, an existing disease and target it to a certain group to punish them. And, and, and if you don't, and if everybody don't repent on accepting this abomination of homosexuality and participating in this abomination of homosexuality, he will use the homosexual community as a Trojan horse to destroy everybody if people don't repent and do it out of love he's doing this out of love 
he wants the homosexuals to repent. That's why they got the monkeypox. But because the church and the government has con uh, colluded to sanction the abomination of homosexuality, if people don't hurry up and repent, this is going to invade the church, the school, the government, the nation, and the world. The potential is there. And the pain of the boils will be similar and is similar, no doubt, to the boils plague in Egypt. And you will not see, uh, uh, this thing can get to the point where it can uh, uh, cause these boils like we've never seen before since Egypt. Okay, because, and, and man can't stop it. There's supposed to be a vaccine. Where's the vaccine at? They have the vaccine, but it can't stop it. That's the problem. Just like they have not stopped the coronavirus plague because God is behind it, people. You cannot explain this any other way. God is behind all of this because of our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins. And now the church and the government, two great institutions of God, and in many cases, uh, the schools and the family have colluded uh, together to uh, sanction and endorse the abomination of homosexuality that has destroyed civilizations in the past. And we're no different. God is not a respective person. He doesn't care about America being better than anybody. God does not roll like that. We know better with our Judeo-Christian foundation. And yet, we're doing this evil in his sight. And we're suffering the consequences. You can listen to the happy talk all you want to. Happy talk does not mean anything. Real talk does. Our God, I want to repeat that, our God has a method in providence by which he can succeed our endeavors beyond our expectation or can defeat our plans to our confusion and dismay. By a turn of his hand, he can steer our vessel in a profitable channel or run it aground in poverty and bankruptcy. It is the teaching of Holy Scripture that the Lord enriches the liberal and leaves the miserly to find out that withholding tendeth to poverty. In a very wide sphere of observation, Spurgeon said, I have noticed that the most generous Christians of my acquaintances, of my, of my acquaintance rather, have been always the most happy and almost invariably the most prosperous. I have seen the liberal soul giver rise to wealth of which he never dreamed and I have as often seen the mean, ungenerous, churlish descend to poverty by the very parsimony by which he thought to rise. 
Men trust good stewards with larger and larger sums, and so it frequently is with the Lord. He gives by cartloads to those who give by bushels. Where wealth is not bestowed, the Lord makes the little much by the contentment which the sanctified heart feels in a portion of which the tithe has been dedicated to the Lord. Selfishness looks first at home, but godliness seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yet in the long run, selfishness is loss and godliness is great gain. It needs faith to act towards our God with an open hand, but surely he deserves it of us and all that we can do is a very poor acknowledgement of our amazing indebtedness to his goodness and to his grace. Shall we pray? Go ahead, Spurgeon, and all glory be to God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you so much for this magnificent passage and devotional time. Help us to sincerely take heed to it, and Lord, help us to love it, cherish it, and obey it, and apply it to our own lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friends, let's pray for a few of the memorial families and uh, pray for those who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. Holy Father God in heaven, we pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, Lord, for the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues now. But Lord, we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Germany resident Laura Emmy Maywald. We pray for the family and friends of Germany resident Emily Gerton. We pray for the family and friends of Germany resident Austin Niest. And then, Lord, we pray for those who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel, uh, through this ministry and across this pulpit. Help them all to grow in the faith and be the Christians you want them to be. We pray for Selena, Rodney, Jacqueline, Barbara, Chase, and all of the thousands of others who have uh, believed in you. And now, Lord, we pray uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith and be the Christian disciples that you want them to be. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you're with us tonight and you have never met Jesus Christ and you have never truly believed in him, you have heard of him, you believe that he's a historical figure in your mind, but you have never believed on him as your savior so that your soul could be saved from hell. 
and uh, saved to heaven. Jesus Christ said these loving and marvelous and most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's right, my dear friend, to be saved from hell and saved to heaven, all you have to do is do what Jesus Christ told you to do, and that is believe in him. Church membership will not save you. I, my family and I, we were members of at least five or six churches growing up. Went to church every Sunday, every Sunday. Multiple churches sometimes on a Sunday. Baptism cannot save you. I got baptized at the age of 12. I went down a dry center, came up a wet center. Still lost and on my way to hell. Speaking in tongues and shouting can't save you. I did that too because I got tired of that woman spitting in my ear telling me to say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus over and over again with vain repetition. They wanted me to jump up and shout. They wanted me to uh, shout and speak in some unknown tongue. And so I gave them what they wanted so I can get out of there. And I shouted backwards right outside the church. Lost and on my way to hell. Didn't even know I was going to hell. Dad was a preacher, mother a preacher, but religious and lost. And you may be that way today. You may have been raised in the church, Christian when you were a baby, baptized at the age of 12, confirmed, and everything else. But you know that deep down in your soul, you don't have what something is missing. And I can tell you who's missing, Jesus Christ, as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou and you shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the eternal burning hell, the place that Jesus Christ preached about more than any prophet or apostle in the Bible. In fact, he preached more about hell than he did about heaven. Why? Because he loves you, not because he hates you. Why? Because he wants you to take advantage of what he did on the cross for you. He paid your sin debt. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. No man had sex with Mary before he was born. He is truly the Son of God, born from heaven. And he never sinned, therefore, because God cannot sin. And he's the Son of God, which makes him God. He never sinned in word, thought, or deed. When John the Baptist saw him coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. What does that mean? That means that Jesus Christ came to be the sacrificial Passover 
Lamb of God, not only for the Jews, but for everybody in the world. And so he proved that he was God. He lived a holy life, never sinned in word, thought, or deed. He walked on the water because he made the water. He told the wind to be quiet and the sea to sit down, and they obeyed him. He fed thousands with just a box lunch. Uh, he healed the blind. He uh, healed the sick. He healed the deaf and the dumb. By his power. And, and uh, he raised the dead as well. He broke up funerals because he raised the dead out of the coffins and they lived again. He went to the tomb of Lazarus who was dead for several days and said Lazarus come forth and he came forth. These are historical biblical facts. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Then he volunteered. He chose to suffer and bleed and die on the cross for our sins, our sins such as lying, stealing, robbing, lusting in our hearts after people and things, coveting what other people have, dishonoring and disobeying our parents, dishonoring his name by taking his name in vain, committing adultery, committing fornication, committing homosexuality. Just one sin can get you into hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells us and teaches that if we break one point in the Ten Commandments, we break them all. So, dear friend, you're on your way to a devil's hell, and you don't have to go there. That's the good news. For Jesus Christ said the most important words in the history of the world to mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, in hell, but have everlasting life. And so I ask you tonight, dear friend, I urge you tonight, dear friend, please believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for your own good. Trust him as your savior. Call on his name, for the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so tonight, it is your choice. God will not make you and I cannot make you. It's up to you. You can choose Christ or you can choose darkness rather than light because your deeds are evil. You would rather continue in the darkness of sin than to trust Christ and walk in the light. That's up to you. But if you want to be saved and come out of the darkness of sin and begin to walk in the light, with Jesus Christ. Believe in him tonight. Call on his name. 
Pray and ask him to save you. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart, no matter whether you're in Russia, Ukraine, Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, Philippines, China, uh, wherever you are, Vietnam, people have gotten saved from where you are, the countries I just named and many more uh, in the past, and so you can do that tonight. Follow me in prayer, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart, believing in your heart in none other than Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins to pay your sin debt, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I understand that I deserve to go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of my sins, my failures, and my faults, as I now believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart that you suffered, you bled, and you died on the cross for my sins, to pay my sin debt. that you were buried and rose from the dead on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to change and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you pray that prayer and you meant it and you believed in your heart simultaneously in the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose by the power of God on the third day. Then I declare to you that based upon the word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved. Saved from hell and saved to heaven by the grace of God. For it is a free gift. And to grow in the faith, to help you grow in the faith and become the true Christian disciple that God wants you to be, Please go to GospelLightSociety.com and download and read, free of charge, my book, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. This book will help you to grow in the faith and take the next steps to become a Christian disciple. Uh, also, email us at DW3 at GospelLightSociety.com society.com and let us know so that we can rejoice with you 
and send you some more materials as well or whatever email is on your platform send it there until next time my beloved pray without ceasing God loves you Jesus loves you we love you and may God bless you real good is my prayer let's pray Holy Father God we praise you and we thank you for what you have done again tonight and throughout this day and Holy Father God we pray that you'll bless the gospel tracts that were passed out today that those people would come to know you as Savior and Lord we pray that the people who got saved tonight heard the gospel tonight would pass it on around the world and we pray that you'll help us who are Christians to pray without ceasing read and meditate on your holy word and obey it until you come for you said if you love me keep my commandments in Jesus Christ's name we do pray and for his sake amen God bless you dear friends until next time as the music plays